£20 to deal with the cost of living crisis. You should be entitled to the same amount. Support the strikes. Hi everyone, welcome back to Deep Fried FM. Um, as you'll notice today, there is no intro song, only the sound of Siani's sweet, sweet voice as she was campaigning outside Strand at KCL um, last Friday on the picket line because of the UCU slash unison strikes. Um, and you'll also notice that I've titled this episode 2.5 because um, I kind of see it as a bit of like a like a follow-up to last week's episode. Like it's like an extended sort of cut I guess um I guess I just wanted to go and interview people and like talk to people on the picket lines um about like why they support the strikes like how they've been personally impacted by all of the cuts and everything um so yeah I tried to get a bit of a variety of people um I tried to interview you know someone from UCU someone from Unison and then also a couple students um so yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode because that's what it's basically going to be. Um, I apologize for the the sound quality because it, it was outside and they're doing they've been doing these like horrible like fucking building works for like literally the whole time I've been at Kings. So so yeah, this is this is basically going to be um, me like the cringe student podcaster with the student radio society like going up to people and harassing them with my tiny mic. A bit like those um those videos that you might see like outside Stratford when they when you have like the roadmen and they just go up to people and just ask them like really invasive questions. This is this is like my like nerdy version of that. So yeah, enjoy. Hi, so I couldn't help but notice you've got this sick hoodie that says <laughs> Ask Me Why I'm on Strike. So why are you on strike? That's a very good question. Um, as of course people listening to this may be aware, today is the Friday the 25th of November and of course yesterday Thursday the 24th, both Unison, who represent everything from uh, program management teams to security to cleaning to admissions, that's me, or one of, and of course UCU, who broadly represent your lecturers and academics, are of course on strike. Uh, this is nationwide with the UCU, but of course this is King's College, King's College London. But why specifically am I, am I on strike? In a nutshell, I'm going to give you some facts and figures. Since 2008, thank you, I, I just dropped a bag but it's been picked up. Um, <laughs> since 2008 to 2020, on average, staff's pay at King's College London in real terms, so that is matched with inflation, has fallen by 16.9%. In the meantime, for example, the principal's salary in that same period has risen 16.7%. That is not accounting for the parts 2020 to 2022, so many people's pay in real terms has dropped by 20%. So that means that King's feels that our labour is worth less each year. Tied into that, for the past two years, King's is quite proud to boast that the numbers of students have risen by 25.6, I believe is the accurate figure, percent. To turn a question on you, which will allow me to finish my question, by what percent do you think staff numbers have risen? 25.6% for students, staff, how much do you think that's risen? I don't know, I reckon it's probably dropped maybe, or, or just nothing, or, yeah. So it's fortunately not dropped, okay. it's risen by 3.9%, oh, therefore, wow. okay staff are expected over the past two years during the pandemic 
while student numbers have increased, therefore more money has come into Kingston students to do about 21% more work. Therefore, I, as an admissions prof professional, I'm expected to do about 21% more work for, since in this case 2020, about 9% less money. For those who've been with KCL for longer than me, say 2008, up to 20% less money. So in a nutshell, because half, just over half, of King's one billion pound reported income comes from tuition fees, students' money is now stretched further by about 21%, therefore staff's money is stretched by 21% which is not in line with inflation. So should I get paid less and less each year? The answer is to me, no. The reason we are on strike is KCL have chosen consistently over the past couple of months to ignore negotiations from universities, which of course, unfortunately, and is unfortunate, has driven us to have to withdraw our labor over these two days. And, and one day next week as well. That's correct. So yeah. UCU, that is again your lecturers and academics, are, are striking on the 30th. Unison isn't joining them on that occasion. We're proud to be with them on these two days. Um, but they also have several days, this is the UCU, doing what's called action short of a strike. Action short of a strike, what's that? What that is, is we are going to follow our contracts. The fact is, on average, a lot of your lecturers are working 50 plus hour weeks on 35 or 40 hour week contracts. So that is the additional labor they are doing unpaid simply to be able to keep up with the workload. Um, so that's what the UCU is doing as well, as of course, you're quite right, the strike they're also doing on Wednesday the 30th, I believe Wednesday's the 30th, that's next week. Great. Awesome. Well, that was really eloquently put. Thank you. That was that's Simon from Unison, yes. working in admissions. Admissions. I'm a senior admissions officer at King's College London. Absolutely. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, I'm here with Siani. They're a first year med student. Um, why are you a student supporting the strikes? Explain to me. Uh, I'm uh, supporting the strikes today to show solidarity um, with um, teaching staff at the uni because I am quite upset at the privatisation of universities, um, the way that KCL is complicit in a lot of things such as funding um, military bases and arms stuff. Um, instead of using our money where it should be taken, I'm angry at the amount of debt that I'm going to get in when I finish university, despite me wanting to work for the NHS. Um, and I'm angry at the way that the cost of living crisis is impacting us all and the way that the university have decided to not give us any help with it. For example, in Manchester they're being given, I believe, £170 as a one-off payment um, during the winter so they, they, they can afford to pay their bills. Every student does. Yeah, every student, every full-time student. Um, whereas uh, KCL have done nothing despite rent having risen 20% in the last year in London with student loans not increasing at all for the last five years I think that's absolutely despicable behavior and it just speaks to this wider culture at the university of not caring about their students and um, their teaching staff um, I also feel upset on the teaching staff's behalf because they are what makes King such a great university they are responsible for the world ranking they are why KCL has so many students especially international students that give them lots of money and they're being treated in such a terrible manner they're being given such low stipends to do all of their work to maintain their reputation absolutely nothing in return
great. Thank you so much. Hi, I'm here with Rhiannon from uh, KCL Labour, I believe. Um, yeah. yeah, what do you study? What year are you in? I study politics and I'm in first year. Okay, great. How are you finding it? Good, yeah. I think obviously it's really important that I came to the strikes as a politics student because if we can't support our lecturers, then there's no point in doing that degree, really. Yeah, I know I know some of the um, the politics lecturers aren't out supporting the strikes. What do you, what do you think about that? Why do you think that might be? I think for... A lot of them it'll be for like job security reasons. I think if they're on like an international visa and stuff, it's a lot more complicated. Especially if they've got like family that they're trying to like work for really. Like it's quite hard to be able to take a day off without being paid for it. Like, so I understand why some of them haven't striked. It's a difficult thing to do. But I think it's important that their colleagues have also gone out and are striking for them to get better pay, better conditions, better pensions, stuff like that. Yeah, okay, great. Um, and hi, sorry, what was your name again? Hi, I'm Paul, sorry. Yeah. Paul, and what do you study? Also hi, from KCL economy. Labour. Yeah, yeah, Political yeah. economy. Yeah. Right, so very, very politics, yeah, very, yeah. absolutely, yeah. It's yeah, so, I mean, one thing, one reservation I do have about politics as a subject within these kinds of institutions is that they're very institutionalised and that, um, a lot of the people that come to study politics here, maybe they'll just end up going working for like the World Bank or the UN and not really, you know, just end up reproducing the same conditions that we already have. Um, yeah, I just want to know maybe what's your take on that as politics students? So I think you need to go into it with an open mind. I think to be fair, what's quite nice. I think actually, firstly, King's does a much better job than other universities compared to like the LSC where it's a lot more, or frankly, it's just a lot more traditional, but certainly Certainly the teaching of economics, which is what I focus on in my degree, is a lot more like unorthodox and it allows a lot more room for like critical thought and stuff. It's quite in in what way is it unorthodox? Um, you just have like different economists, like I mean, you know, in the LSC you get stories, unbelievable stories about um, like people doing a three-year economics degree and only actually learning in the last year, maybe in a half lecture, that maybe taxes doesn't, isn't always awful. Um, here it's a little bit more nuanced and you actually have like, you know, you've got some of the big uh, kind of post-Keynesian economics if you're into that, like they're some of the biggest... Uh, some of the biggest, I'm sorry, kings. There's lots of places where you can explore and where it's kind of, it's more diversified. Okay, fair enough. So there's, there's more diversity yeah. in the curriculum, yeah. you would say. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. What do you think economics means to you and means in within societies? Uh, within societies, I don't know how it means. I don't think anyone understands what it means in general. Um, I think within the subject, it's usually um, like, people usually define it as like, how scarce resources are allocated. Honestly, I mean, it's a bit of a bullshit subject, to be honest. I, I, I uh, you know, it's, there, I mean, there are some, it studies some important variables which really do matter to people, stuff like, you know, unemployment, stuff like interest rates. These things are really important, but um, in terms of, like, a broad definition of what it means for people and, like, even within the subject, there's not much internal coherence. I mean, it's, it's very, it's a very, very straight subject. Yeah, I mean, um, this is something I've definitely, like, discovered recently, um, is that you have a lot of, like, sort of, professor doctors who uh you know do like politics and they write whole books on like the the left right divide the left right divide or, or politics and they don't actually even define the term politics and they don't define what left and right means so it makes me wonder you know you guys are here supporting the strikes which is great because that's direct action but how useful is it to go into society through you know having a gotten a degree in politics through one of these big institutions. Sorry, I'm like pushing you a little bit here. <laughs> um, I think for me, like I'm from Yorkshire, I'm a woman. Yeah. And I think it's important that people like me come and do politics rather than just having a kind of typical like white man from London 
going in and like getting into Oxford, stuff like that, which is where most of our political leaders end up coming from. So I think it's important, like especially at Kings, there's such a range of people studying politics and if some of them end up in positions of power, that's great because we've like, again like Paul said, we've kind of got quite diversity and lots of like different things in the like politics curriculum, like I'm only first year so we don't get any choice in what we study but in the next couple of years there is options to do stuff about colonialism, about race in politics, stuff like that so it's not just teaching us like if you do this, this and this you'll become a politician or we'll only teach you about liberalism and republicanism, there's like a lot more about it which is good and it means you get a lot more interesting ideas from it. So what does politics mean to you? I think it's hard to define because no one's ever really defined it or defined it in the same way but I think pretty much everything you do is political like it might not be big politics like voting and stuff like that but even like the smallest it like coming to uni is political especially during strike days obviously but also like getting the bus that is political you've got your timetables are worked out, the disputes between workers and like unions and bosses, your council helping stuff like that, putting out the bins is political. So I think everything you do, that's yeah. a bit of a cop-out answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely understand that. I mean, see, I only discovered this recently is that they, they try and avoid to define politics, you know, because it's, you know, politics rules the world and it, 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 it reproduces, you know, like the politic the political structures we have in our society just reproduce capitalism and exploitation, which is why they avoid defining politics. But I recently found out so my understanding of politics as a word is decision making in groups. That's what it means to me. And um, I guess your your definition there sort of somewhat matches that. Yeah. Yeah. So sorry, one last question. What do you guys feel education for liberation means and how do you think like, this could be achieved? Very big topics I get. <laughs> yeah, that's a really broad question. I mean, I think a lot of the cases is just trying to make voices that have previously been ignored like as visible as possible. That's the first step. Um, and it's because it's, it's a bit that always gets forgotten. Um, I know more broadly, I'm, I mean, it's about like trying to get a more critical view of like history and such. It's a really broad question, yeah. like, uh, to be fair, I don't know. I'm struggling a bit personally. Yeah, no worries. Um, well, great, thank you. That was that was really productive. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Rhiannon. Yeah, and Paul. Great, from KCL Labour. Hi, I'm here with Nick, who's just finished his PhD in anthropology. Hello. Hello. Um, so, are you looking to go into academia? I have, yes, I mean, part of the reason for doing a PhD was thinking a little bit further down the line that a job in academia would be something I'd like to do. Yeah. Awesome. And why are the strikes important to you then, um, you know, as someone looking to go into academia? There are a lot of reasons, really. I mean, when people finish their PhDs, what happens these days is there's a, you could almost think of it as a kind of black hole of um, temporary jobs that people do very insecure contracts, one or two years, say, um, during which time uh, you try and build up publications and things so that you can get a permanent job. But many people don't make it through those years of um, having to apply for different jobs every year. And each time you start a job, you work a few months and you're already thinking about your next job. Um, 
And so it's a very, it's a very insecure, very impermanent um, landscape, sort of employment landscape, post PhD. Um, so that's one of the reasons, one of the reasons I'm out here because I'm someone who's just finished their, you know, finished their doctoral work, and looking ahead, it's an extraordinarily dispiriting um, state of uh, or the higher education landscape is a, an, an extraordinarily, extraordinarily dispiriting state. So I'm out here along with everybody else to have a go at trying to, or saying that we don't really accept it as it is and would like it to, to be considerably better. Great. Yeah, no, it is. It's a really dis- dispiriting landscape, to be honest. I know that you don't even get funding to do like your master's, or you get the loan to do a master's, but you don't get um, a maintenance loan, or is that true for a PhD as well? Yes. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think the people being... I mean, everyone, to be honest, apart from the management of being exploited in, in universities, and at least undergraduates and master's students have to pay extraordinarily high fees. Um, for PhDs, it's slightly different in as much as you still have to pay fees, but um, a lot of people try and um, gain some kind of funding for their, for their studies. So in my case, this came from the UK Research Council, the UK Research uh, yeah, um in London, the list it's called list and it's just um, um, a pot of money that goes to students to cover, or goes towards covering uh, living expenses and research expenses. So, it, in my case, pays you for three years. Um, but yeah, then you're kind of. I mean, it's also very, very difficult um, to finish a PhD in three years, unfortunately. So often there's a period afterwards which you're not funded, where you're having to pick up other work. Um, when you're, say, doing corrections on your thesis, waiting for uh, examiner reports to come through, waiting for everything to get ratified and applying for jobs at the same time. Great. Well, thank you so much for that. Um, yeah. Okay, we're back with Simon and he's got some great facts about Shitija Kapoor and, yeah, and yeah. The, the management and, and their money. Okay, now obviously this is in relation to uh, the pay issues that staff are having and as I've mentioned, the, for example, the principal, but this is not restricted just to the principal, since, you know, 90, uh, since 2008 to 2020, pay rose for him uh, 16.7% while most staff down in real terms 16.9%, but... So, um, if you look at the financial year 2020 to 2021, the principal's overall pay packet, this includes salary, pension contributions, which are fine, and also accommodation paid for by KCL, was, it was in the, a ballpark of 460 to 470,000 pounds. This includes, by the way, accommodation paid for, a home paid for by KCL. That isn't necessarily a problem because of the duties expected of principals. That is not uncommon for HEIs. However, it makes up that broader picture, that huge pay packet. I should also mention that King's College values a property minutes away from the campuses at £40,000 a year. Let me ask your listeners, do you think a central London property owned by KCL is worth more or less than £40,000 a year. For those not certain, go and look at property prices in London. So it is undervalued. However, when, of course, Shatij Kapoor took over from Ed Byrne, he uh, charitably waived uh, about £60,000 from his overall pay package. Sounds great, except you have to remember that is still only a drop in the bucket compared to the pay fall that everyone else has had. The 11 
highest paid senior managers for King's College, their overall pay packet costs 2.2 million pounds, while some of us can't afford to put the heating on. Also, this is a very essential point because people should question where am I getting my figures from? People should fact check me. Where am I getting that information from? That information comes from King's College's own published financial statements, which you can find on King's College's website. All of this data that I've given is all comes from King's itself. Right, thank you. That You're was enlightening. Hi. It's Dala from the future again, from the radio suite at King's. Um, if you made it to the end, then thank you so, so much for sticking around. Um, yeah, I have to give a big thank you to everyone that actually like took the time to like, you know, like give me a bit of attention and, and, and tell me some interesting facts and stuff. Like big, big thank you. Um, also a big thank you to this girl that I met. Um, you might have noticed when I was doing the KCL labor interview there was another little voice there asking some questions and that was a girl that i met who goes to soas um i believe she studies ir um yeah thank you to her for giving me that support um you might also notice like i kind of have like these very like rigid definitions of like politics and and i go about like my political activism in a very specific way and my a lot of my understanding of how other people go about you know, politics and, and their political activism um, is, is, is very specific. And I have to say that's because of this other podcast. Let me give you a good recommendation. Some some reading, some homework for you guys. Um, it's called What is Politics? And it's it's on YouTube and Spotify. And the, the guy that does it, Daniel, I believe his name is, he's just amazing. Like, he knows his shit through and through. And it really, it really made things a lot more clearer to me you know it's like when I first listened to it I had some idea of you know the concepts that he was talking about but nothing really felt that clear and he sort of explains you know there are definitions for for words like politics and there is a definition for like political economy and there is a definition for for left and, and for right and there's there's a reason why people are so confused about these things it's not because it's never been clearly defined it's because it's sort of a deliberate project by the status quo to um muddle and confuse these words because when people don't understand what the language is that they're using then then you can't mobilize um as effectively and as efficiently you know if you understand the world that you're living in you understand what's going on around you then you can you can analyze that and you can you can fight back against that um so yeah go and listen to that podcast what is politics it's it's one of my favorites and it's genuinely just quite entertaining as well so yeah thank you for listening once again um my instagram is deep fried fm if you want to go give me a follow on there um hopefully you'll tune in next week um i think i'll be back with a with a bit of a sexier topic next week so yeah this is the end of the strike series i would say um but yeah thank you See ya.